Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi, it's the middle of June and we are on our second Dig a Bit for month 10, which is Thou Shalt Not Covet. I think the scripture, as we talked about last time, is different on this verse because it lists out some specifics. It says, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, nor his wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. I just think that's interesting that he gives us some specifics there of what they probably had the most trouble with. But then he was all inclusive at the end and said, And I don't want you to covet anything. We talked about the Greek word last time, and today we're going to go to the New Testament and look at Matthew 13. Jesus there was getting into a boat because the multitude was pressing up against him, and they were, at first he was just sitting by the sea, but lots and lots of people came, and he got into a boat, and it says in verse 3 of chapter 13 that he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. As you might guess, we're going to zero in on the thorns, because when Jesus interpreted the parable down in the bottom of the chapter, he said something about our possessions as he was interpreting said, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. Then he went, went on to explain that when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the wicked one, the devil, comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. And he said those who received the seed by the wayside uh, were the ones that the devil was snatching, from whom the devil was snatching the seed. And he who received the seed on the stony places was the one who heard the word and received it with joy, but didn't have root in himself. And so he didn't endure. This, um, the sun scorched that seed. Tribulation, persecution, and it would make that person stumble. He who received the seed, this is the one we're about. He who received the seed among the thorns is the one who heard the word. But the cares of this world, and here's our phrase, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and then he becomes unfruitful. So I wanted us to zero in on the deceitfulness of riches there, and really that a good translation of that would be the delusion of our possessions. Wow, the del delusion of our possessions. So I think that it, it's paired with the anxiety of this, of this age when it says the cares of this world, that could be accurately translated the anxiety of the culture in which we live and the delusion of our possessions. And I really think that, you know, as we said last week, the Bible is, is just so amazing how that it 
is for all eras of time and it is just as relevant to us as it was to these people who were sitting on the seashore of Galilee listening to Jesus and so it pairs the anxiety of the culture in which we live and the delusion of our possessions those things choke out the Word of God in us So I ask you to list some things about riches that were delusional, some things that were deceitful about riches. I'm just going to give you my little list. Yours will be different from mine, but that'll be the dig of it for today. Number one, they deceive us into thinking that they are security for us, that they are what we can fall back on in times of trouble. Number two, they deceive us in that they tell us that they are our providers that they are the ones who are going to take care of us, and that's similar to the first one, but that they are going to supply all of our needs. Number three, they deceive us in that they tell us that they give us our friends. And we um, see that in many places in Scripture where um, money and possessions are thought to, erroneously thought to, give us popularity and friendship. Number four, they deceive us in that they tell us that they're ours, that they belong to us. And Scripture clearly tells us that God is the one who owns it all. He is the one who created and owns the earth and all that is in it. Many Scriptures tell us that. But but we, as we are immersed in the world around us, this partner of the deceitfulness of riches is the cares of this world. And as we become involved in the world, we are deluded into thinking that these things are ours. Number next, they deceive us by making us think that they are the big reward of our labors. There is a reward of our labors, but Jesus said, great is your reward where? In heaven. He said that a couple of times in the Sermon on the Mount when he was talking about persecution. He said, blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake, for great is your reward, but not just great is your reward, but there was a place of that reward and it was in heaven. It wasn't in the wealth that we have in this world. Number next, God is pleased with us if he blesses us with riches. That's a lie. Sometimes I hear uh, religious people tell me that, well, I know that I must be right. I know that I must be saved because look how good God has been to me. He's given me this much money. He's allowed me to go on these trips. He's given me this place to live. So I know that I must be pleasing him because he's blessing me with these riches. Do you ever think about the fact that the devil is the one in this parable who came and snatched away the seed from the stony ground? From the, um, he snatched away what was sown in the heart? What makes you think that the devil is not the one who is tempting us with the riches of this world and the lies that they tell us? Now every good and perfect gift is from God, but the devil can work, does work through riches around us many times and and through the drawing of our hearts to the deceitfulness of riches. So the next one is that Satan is always separate from them, that there's no extra temptation that comes with riches. Now it is true that money, it is not money that is the root of all evil, it is the love of money that is the root of all evil. But Satan loves to, and this is very much tied in with the previous one, Satan is not always separate from our riches and many extra temptations come with riches. That's why Jesus said it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man 
to go to heaven. They do not pose or to enter the kingdom. They do not pose, this is number next, they do not pose extra responsibilities, but rather represent freedom from responsibilities. That is just so wrong. We have the mentality that the Bible would have us to have. We understand that with talents, we learn this quickly from the parable of the talents, that with extra possessions, with extra money comes extra responsibility and um, we are to invest our those talents whether they are money possessions uh, actual skills and abilities children whatever it is that we have we're supposed to be using them for the glory of god thus they are extra responsibilities number nine they bring joy we just um, don't have to look very far we can look at bill gates right now and realize that our riches are not the source of our contentment and joy. Just think about the agony that he's finding himself in right now, one of the richest men that we could name in our society. And if you take the time to think of the richest person you know, I dare say probably, really likely, will not be the happiest person that you know. And the last one I had is that they free us from anxiety, that we don't have to worry if we have money. And of course, this kind of encapsulizes all of the ones that we have mentioned. But certainly with riches comes many times anxieties. God has told us that he will not lay on us any temptation that is bigger than we can bear, but will with the temptation provide a way of escape doesn't say it'll be an easy way doesn't say it'll be an obvious way doesn't say that it will be a cost-free way and sometimes like the rich young ruler we may be asked to sacrifice our possessions our riches if that's what's what's getting in the way of our obtaining eternal life but riches are never guaranteed to free us from anxiety they are deceitful and it is the father of lies, the devil himself, that puts the deceit into riches. I have a friend who suddenly inherited, uh, didn't inherit, but actually was, um, because of her husband's job, was blessed with an amazing, amazing amount of money so that she would not ever need any money for the rest of her life here on this earth. But her response to that, as she told it to me, was was stirring. She said, I, I just immediately began crying and saying, how will I ever, how will I ever be responsible for this much money and please God? Because that, that's the only thing that matters is if I please God with this. She understood that it was a lot easier to be in control of and to give glory to God through a little bit than it might be through a whole lot when there was so much more to um, to decide actually what to do with as she tried to glorify God in her life and so many temptations that would come with that and she realized that right off the bat and so I believe that she is one of the joyful people in having lots and lots of money because she understands that that money can lie and that she is on the lookout for the lies of money and that she is going to be in the word and instead find the truth of god about how to oversee 
that money that really doesn't belong to her in the first place. I hope that this has been helpful to you. Maybe it's been helpful to you on number eight as you're doing this study. And I'll look forward to dig a bit number three and then to our podcast, which I believe this month is on the 29th. I hope you can join us there. Thanks and have a good day.